Welcome to another edition of the Kentucky High School Baseball Coaches Association podcast. I'm your host, Levi Bristow, and I'm excited to keep these episodes rolling and rolling and rolling as we approach the start of the Kentucky High School Baseball season. Cannot be more excited. I know tryouts are Friday. We had our last actual offseason workout today. As far as strengthening and long toss and base running and running or and all those nice fun things, get the guys off tomorrow because, of course, it's Valentine's Day and a lot of us coaches are married, as, as so am I, to a smoking hot wife, of course, and have two beautiful daughters uh, who are two and three years old and, and a teenage boy who's 16 at St. X, as we've discussed before in previous podcasts. But anyways, today we have on Rick Arnold, head coach of Trinity, and I could not be more excited to have Rick on as me and him have, have, have talked a lot offline the past past couple of years as my respect for his program and as far as the way they develop players, the way they just mash the baseball, and they're just physical specimens. Whenever we played them my third game of, this, of my coaching career, my, my uh, first year at, at Eldham County, um, I was just impressed by their physical presence, by their 300-foot outs that they had throughout the game, as we discussed before. And uh, anyway, so I'm excited to launch this podcast with Coach Arnold. Also, I'm excited about the fact that we are so close to a thousand listeners on our podcast. So make sure to keep on sharing, subscribe, review, give us a thumbs up on Anchor, share the podcast. If you know any coaches out there that want to learn to get better, we're trying to make sure our content is very educational based, but also learning who these people are across the state, learning what Mac Whitaker is about, learning what Coach Arnold's about, Coach Porta, all these these top programs across the state, coaching legends, Coach Varney at Montgomery County, as we spread our wings over the next few weeks, as as I as I mentioned to Coach Arnold over this podcast, my goal is to get every single region before the season starts. And I'd be doggone it, I'm gonna make it happen. So that being said, enough of me talking. Let's go and dive into the episode of Coach Rick Arnold of Trinity High School. Well, Coach, how's it going today, man? Going great, Coach. It's, um, it's a pleasure to be here. Well, so Coach Arnold, I know you, you're you definitely at one of the, I would say, one of the best jobs in the state of Kentucky and probably across the country at Trinity High School. And I know they have great a great history of that program. And just uh, like I said before in the podcast last night, my first meeting with you, you guys were the number one team in the state. We came to your place. It was my third game, I believe, as the head coach. And uh, I walked on the field and I was like, man, these guys are some beasts. Like these guys lift weights, they're developed, they're strong. So let's just go and dive into it, man. So how does Trinity develop their players? Well, you know, let's be realistic. First of all, we're very blessed. You know, we've got twelve or thirteen hundred boys each year to choose from. So, when you're an all male school and you have that many, you know, eligible candidates to pick your team from, you know, you've got an, uh, an advantage. Um, and, and I don't ever take that for granted. And, and also, you know, keep keep that perspective. Um, but we we have a very comprehensive program. You know, we start. Uh, you know, we start September one each year with a um, the voluntary program. You know, as the KHSAA rules allow, and we we lift three days a week in the fall. We play in the fall league at Jaytown. Um, we have a couple workouts a week uh, where we, we focus on player development, player development at their position, uh, at their primary position, and then 
also their secondary position, you know, as time allows it. But then also uh, we focus a lot on individual hitting drills and, and pitching drills for the guys that are going to be, you know, be our horses in the spring. Um, and that carries through, through about Halloween, um, where we kind of, we kind of back off a little bit. Obviously, we're done on the field around Halloween. Our fall league comes to an end. We have a little end of the fall uh, three game series with our with our players that are you know that are participating in the voluntary program. And we're always missing a few guys for football or basketball or soccer at that point. But um, then we ramp up our lifting. You know, where we do three days a week of lifting and two days a week of conditioning, and that takes us through Christmas break. And then um, we start right back up at Christmas break with with um you know in, indoor hitting we're fortunate to have an indoor facility with five tunnels so we we get some swings in and start um easing into our throwing program and then you know before you know it it's it's february the 14th and we're we're a day away from trials man that's awesome yeah five hitting tunnels i just got i started foaming at the mouth i think when you said five hitting tunnels <laughs> well you know, yeah it's, it's not on campus so it's 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 it's, um, it's a facility we rent down off river road and we we get down there. We only take the older guys down there because they can drive themselves. But it's um, four tunnels across, you know, four tunnels one direction and then one perpendicular across the back so we can get a lot of work in there. We, we keep our hack attack hitting machine, uh, pitching machine down there. And, and, you know, we're like I said, we're very blessed. And, and again, we don't take that for granted. So, um, but, but, but the strength coach, we're, we're, we're lucky enough to have a strength coach, Mike Snyder, who works with our guys. So again, you know, like that, that's just, that, that is the, that is the, uh, the, the fortune side of, of my job. As far as the, um, hack attack, how do you guys love that machine? I, I can't, you know, we couldn't make it without it. I mean, it's mobile. Uh, we've got one of the hack attack juniors. So, um, mm. It's mobile, and um, we, you know, we take it everywhere. We, you know, we'll put it, we'll put it in. We'll use it for ground balls. We use it for fl- for um, fly balls occasionally. We've got yeah. a, we've got a field general too. We use it for fly balls. Of course, that's only for outdoor stuff. But that act attack, we set up on three milk crates to kind of simulate the height of of a ten inch mound, and um, you know, we'll do breaking balls or fastballs off of it, and we wear it out. Um, I'm sure we'll need a new one here in, in no time at all. But it's two years old, and we we get our reps off of it a lot. <laughs> That's I asked that because I know my hitting coach. He's like, "Hey, let's get a hack attack." I'm like, "You know what? You're right. We should get one of those." So that's definitely one of the top things in our list. I did buy a, the ATEC, uh, the collegiate one. That's the two wheel this summer, and we've been using that all fall. It's been pretty good. It throws you know about 90 miles an hour and breaking balls and stuff. But the hack attack, the three wheel, I know it's something he wants. So I'm. Um, He's, he's Bo Akers is his name, and uh, he's been awesome, great addition to the program. And oh, yeah, uh, great. yeah, he's been awesome. So, anyways, I'm like, you know what? I may have to suck it up and make that happen. Uh, go some, sell some more mulch myself. To, you know, whatever it's got to take to keep my hitting <laughs> you know, coach happy. <laughs> we we, uh, we actually we we have a little pancake breakfast, which is our big fundraiser, and and that's how we've acquired most of our equipment. I mean, we've got a couple people that run it for us that are great, and yeah. Um, yeah. And that's what we do. That's what we do to, to, to raise that money to buy that extra equipment. That's awesome. So that being said, I know we kind of dove right into the the, the beast that the uh, Trinity baseball player is, but let's go and talk about your coaching background. How you how you got to Trinity? Well, I I, uh, I played I played at University of Louisville and finished in 1990. Of course, when I played at Louisville, it wasn't uh, near the, the the quality of players that they they have now. Uh, but I'm still very proud of that. Um, like to think that we helped lay that foundation back in those days at Parkway Field. But but realistically, it's um, you know, that experience was second to none. And then I, I spent four years coaching in St. X. I was a JV coach there and then assistant varsity pitching coach, or assistant varsity coach in charge of pitching. So worked with Joe White um, there, and I worked with Gary Grinnell in one year, and those experiences were, were second to none. Um, got indoctrinated into the high school 
kind of um, mentality and having gone to Trinity but coached at St. X there was a little bit of a a little bit of a of an adjustment period just because people didn't accept me at first but when they see mm-hmm. how hard you work you know it didn't take long but um, really enjoyed my experience there and I got a chance to leave there and go coach at UofL so I worked with Gene Baker for a year as a pitching coach and then um, there's coaching change. Lalo Prado came in, and I was an assistant to him for a couple of years. I was a volunteer assistant when he came in uh, with him and Brian Mundorf, and um, that that took me through the late '90s when um, <laughs> when I had to uh, step aside because I got uh, I had my second child in that in, in that period. And quite frankly, I was a policeman in my full time job. I was a policeman. I was working late watch, yeah. working uh, on the side as a detective, and so working around the clock and or you know working at night or in the afternoons and then coaching all day was was more than uh, my wife would allow so um i was out of the game for a few years <laughs> oh that, that it's so a lot of people that know me out there know my wife who wife's a very <laughs> driven person you know she's a co-owner of three she has three gyms she owns and and um as far as the baseball thing she's you know she has she's she has her moments but I completely understand the demands of a, as my wife says, she has high expectations. <laughs> well, and listen, you know, you talked about your kids a little while ago, you know, my, my son's a freshman in college, my daughter's a senior in high school and, and, um, you know, they're both going on to college to play sports and the reality of my house, well, sports are always a priority, but <laughs> when I was coaching in Louisville and, and again, I wouldn't trade that experience for nothing, but uh, especially on Mudorf, um, you know, I learned so much, but, Having a full time job, being a volunteer college coach, you know, and even now you couldn't do that. That was back in the late nineties when, when still volunteers were truly volunteers. You know, you didn't, yeah. you didn't have all the responsibilities they have today. But it was, um, it was a great experience. And and you know, the the other thing was, I was a, I was a, I was an associate scout with the Kansas City Royals. So I was even when I wasn't coaching or helping Louisville, there were times I was going to Eat Town to watch a kid, or going to Meet County to watch a kid, or yeah. or going to Bowling Green, you know, for the Royals. And so, and you're doing that for nothing too. You're doing that for the love of the game. Uh, you know, it's not like I'm making a living, but but I wouldn't trade those experiences for anything because I, you know, I love the game that much. Man, that's awesome. I see. That's why I love this podcast because I know we've talked before. You know, a little offline, especially about scheduling our teams, playing each other as. As I think my freshman coach, as he put it, uh, or my JV coach was like, so are we just playing Trinity this year and that's it or what? I was like, yeah, pretty much. I was like. I do know know we've got a number of games scheduled. I'm looking forward to every one of them. Oh, yeah, me too. Play the best. Oh, man, we love playing you guys. That's some great. Well, of course, I missed the game last year because I was uh, in the desert. uh, Yep, and you missed a good one. I know, I know. I heard, I heard. Actually, I was watching the. Uh, so, the listeners out there, they don't know. I missed the whole last half of our season last year because uh, Uncle Sam sent me to the desert for thirty days. So, I did my duty and and I was watched the last half of the season on the Game Changer app on a, on the Lucian elliptical machine. Or sometimes I was in, in the sandstorm in the front of a Humvee. So that's how I watched those games. <laughs> you know, here's the reality. You know, as 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 I'm sure you're told often, but not ne- or never often enough. Um, you know, thanks for your service. That's that's above everything we, we do in baseball. But um, I know when we came out to play you guys, and you weren't there, and I was talking to um, the other coaches before the game, and, and you know, I know your you know your assistants, and and actually worked with Dave for a little while. But we um, we had um, we we had one well of a game, man. I mean, I'm sure you had a bunch of them, but we lost one to nothing, and, and both pitchers were electric that night. So yeah, a lot of fun. Yeah. So I, for the record, we we're one and one against each other. You know, I wasn't there last time, but. It's a, it's a tie game as of right now. Just so, so, right. so, so this will be the rubber match next year, and I can't wait. But and we got rained out one year. So. Oh yeah, that's right, that's right. Yeah, but uh, anyway, so uh, moving forward, as far as uh, development, 
Um, I know we talked about the weight room and the importance of that. What else are some things that maybe we can talk for like the middle school guys out there that are looking to be a Trinity baseball player or, or things that you, you would want those kids to kind of emphasize on? Well, you know, I think that's, you know, look, we're in a day and age of development. You know, all these programs and all these training facilities and, and the individual instructors and the private lessons and whatever you want to call it. I mean, it's, you know, all of that stuff is, is fabulous. And, um, you know, for a kid to develop his game now, he's got so much more than, than, than there was even, say, available 10 years ago with all the rap photo machines and all the evaluations and, and all the, yeah. the, the programs that are out there. I, I think for a middle school kid, you know, the most important thing to do is, is make sure they love the game. I, you know, I get asked a lot. We have an open house and you know, we have hundreds of kids come through and I get asked, you know, 30 or 40 times in that day, you know, what do you have to do to play baseball at Trinity? And, you know, the first thing I tell them is you got to love the game. Because ultimately, you know, if you love it, you'll work that much harder. And then, you know, clearly not every kid that loves it gets to play, but, but or gets to make the team. But, you know, the development side of it is is it's changed. I mean, it, you know, when I played, you took ten cuts and you took a few ground balls and yeah. maybe a scrimmage, and and it was that way when I was coaching. And now it's, you know, now it's with these machines. We talked about the high tech machines in the facilities. Um, again, not everybody's blessed enough to have all that, but at the end of the day, it's uh, it's about letting these kids figure out what's best. And, and I'm I'm a proponent of it. I don't I don't have a problem with these guys working in the off season with with their people because you're not going to prevent it. And at the end of the day, I think yeah. you know finding a happy medium is is the right way to go. That's a great point. Yeah, I, I got an email today from um, Coach Gross of Southern saying that hey, one of my play your players is going to start working with me for pitching lessons. Is that okay? I'm like. Hey, if they want to put the extra effort in and work hard, I'm all for it. Uh, as long as I know, as far as bullpens and things like that, that you know we're kind of on the same page. Right. But, but exactly like you know, the kids are going to do that, and then that's fine. You know, I support that, and and I agree there. And as far as so, let's let's dive into your calendar a little bit, Coach. So tryouts are Friday, right? We're all excited about that. The season's kicking off. Now, do you guys have like a you guys have a one day tryout, two day tryout? How do y'all do tryouts? Well, we've got a, our, our squad's a handbook policy that, you know, for athletics that covers baseball and, you know, it mandates that we have, you know, an evaluation period that includes, you know, several different things up to and including some type of a scrimmage or a live, live game situations. Um, yeah, I hope we're going to be outside. Um, I hope we're going to be able to do that, you know, on, on, we're right now we're, we're practicing on the field over at St. Matthews, McCandless Field. Um, we're fortunate to be having a stadium that's under construction right now that, oh, I've seen it. It's beautiful. Yeah, it is, and, and again, it's um, it won't be ready for a few more weeks. Maybe not even until the season gets going, but it's it's getting really close. And you know, we're going to try to get. We use our football field a lot. We put set up two infields on our football field because it's all all turf. So we'll go out there and do infield outfield drills if we get you know if we get this rain to to, to, to not stop. But um, we'll, we'll be able to use St. Matthew's other turf field, um, turf infield for some infield stuff, and then hopefully we can you know Friday is going to be kind of a pro trial day. And then a little bit of scrimmaging, and then Saturday and or uh, Monday will be all scrimmage type days if, if needed. But I, if we get good enough weather, we'll be done in two days. But if we don't get good enough weather, then we'll we'll go on Monday or Tuesday if needed. Okay, and you guys have anything on Saturday? You said you said you would. Yeah, we'll go. We'll go. I mean, look again. We get you know we've got a freshman a JV and a varsity team, and we'll yeah. have we got about thirty guys trying out for our freshman team. Maybe 27, 28 actually uh, on the JV team. You know, we've got uh, another. You know, 23, 24 guys trying out, and then by the time they get the varsity, we've got it, you know, narrowed down a little bit. But um, 
um, we'll have enough drums for all three teams, and and we'll get through the the pro evaluation, the pro style evaluations, and the and the sixty yard dashes, the throwing, and the and the fielding, and then uh, we'll get some round couple rounds of BP to evaluate, and then we roll into a scrimmage, and then if we get through all that, then we finish up. But I, my timeline is to hopefully do it all day Friday, all day Saturday. Now, when I say all day, it's each group about three hours at a time. The freshman group one three hours, so you know the JV another two and a half three hours, the varsity maybe two two and a half, and so it's a long day for our coaching staff. But um, yeah, but we try to do it two days if we can. That sounds awesome. Yeah, we're we we had a long meeting last night about tryouts and how we're going to do it and what's the plan. We have about fifty five kids total, and that's all three levels probably trying out. And of course, you're familiar with most of the kids and working out with you for the most part. But but yeah, so we're, as far as the evaluation period, we're still kind of debating that ourselves as far as how many days we have to do that. And of course, it's weather based. Um, so you're a pitching guy, which is awesome because I'm not. So I get to ask you some questions. <laughs> so. As a pitching coach, what are some things you all do at Trinity to de- develop your pitchers? Well, a couple things. One, we, we're you know I'm lucky enough to have um, Jack Literal as, as, as our official pitching coach. Mm-hmm. Um, so JD is uh, for those that don't know Jack, his son Corey just retired from baseball about a year and a half ago. He was in AAA with the Cardinals when he retired, but uh, Jack played pro baseball. His dad played pro baseball, so there's three generations of knowledge oh, that Jack brings to the table for us. Um, but you know, we have a pretty strict plan. I mean, we've got, you know, again, there's these programs that, uh, whether it's a Vipers kid or a Legends kid or an Ironman kid or a, an independent club kid, we've got kids from, you know, probably seven or eight different programs, Jayhawks baseball and all these programs. And, and again, I, I, I encourage these kids to go play on the best team they can get on the summer and, and play as many innings as they can play. So, um, when you take kids from that many programs, they all have their own little different, um, uh, throwing programs for their summer team, we always take have a meeting and, and we we tell them, you know, starting in January, we're gonna we're gonna work you in. If you're mm-hmm. in the middle of the program, you know, just like you said, they got to coordinate with us. And if Jimmy's, you know, over at the Southern Fork with one of your kids, you'll coordinate with them. We do the same. Um, that being said, it's most important for me to take care of their arms. So I, 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 we watch, we monitor their, their throwing on these other programs, you know, because we expect them to be honest and tell us what they're doing and right. even go out and watch them sometimes because we're, you know, we're, we're blessed enough to have the enough coaches to be able to get them to do that. So we, we, we put a lot of importance on that working in and we're, we're at a point now where we're throwing about 30 pitches off the mound with our guys and hope to in another, you know, three or four weeks be up to about 50. Okay. And as far as uh, you mentioned your staff a little bit, so just go ahead and brag on your staff about some. I know one of the guys out there, Ryan Wheat, who's a OC alumni, and yep. and, I, and I know him somewhat. But uh, just go and talk about your coaching staff a little bit for the guys you've not talked about yet. Well, you know, again, again, we got. I think we got the best staff in the state. And I know everybody feels that way about their guys. So <laughs> yeah, of course. So, you know, and, and, and you know, there's a lot of great baseball guys. I, I'm, yeah. I've been in my five years. This will be my fifth year at Trinity. I've been extremely impressed with um, you know the coaches when I go to these KH, uh, KHSPCA region rep meetings because you know you got to be dedicated, as you well know, a family, a military uh, duty, you know, and, and and a job and a wife's job and kids. Um, I, I I was out of it for you know ten or so years, and, and when I got yeah. back into it, I just regenerated um, the, the love for the, the volunteers that. Well, we get paid, I guess, but for the volunteers <laughs> and the effort puts in. But um, I've got Jack Littrell as our pitching coach. Um, Ryan Weed is our, our hitting coordinator. He does um, a lot of other things. Jack, you know, Ryan is a lifer, so he he does a little bit of everything and, and a lot of relationships. Yeah. So, uh, very blessed to have him and Bernie Holtkamp, who is another mentor to me. Um, 
I played with Bernie for about 15 years on the Derby City League when I got done playing. And uh, Bernie's a, a Hall of Famer from Bellarmine. He's been at the St. X and Mayo and Ballard. So he brings a wealth oh, of wow. experience. That, yeah. Um, you know, and, and he's just a quality, quality coach and even better person. And then Sean Duggins is my, my JV coach, and he works at varsity a lot too. Sean is a, an assistant athletic director at Trinity. And then got a guy named John Medley, who's actually a first-year coach. His, his son, Max, plays at Transy and uh, was a senior last year for us, kind of a sidewinder reliever and a third baseman for us. Um, and then my freshman coaches are Trey Armstrong and Mike Crabtree. And Mike's another pitching guy, pitched at Holy Cross and played at Bellarmine. And he's a left-handed pitcher, but Mike's been in our program all five. Mike and Jack are the two guys, that, and Sean are the three guys, actually, that have been with me all five years. And um, Mike has bounced from JV to freshman about every other year because what we do is we figure out where we're going to need the most pitching help, and we put in because he's a pitching guy, too. And then oh, okay. uh, Trey, Trey, uh, Trey Armstrong's our head freshman coach, and he, he's uh, he's been his his second year, and he does catching and hitting and, and some infield stuff, and Mike does the pitching. So we bounce them around as needed at those levels, and, and they're more than willing to do it. So that's that's amazing. So I don't know how I feel now as I asked you about sending me a coach you maybe can get rid of, and you had plenty to offer. So I don't know how I feel about that now, but it's it's well, okay. You know, <laughs> Just joking. Like we talked about the other yeah. Day. You know, I joke, I tell the parents all the time, because I get asked a lot, you know, should mm-hmm. we hit with this guy or that guy or the other? I'm like, right, of course. these professional guys, you know, Jay Sorg and Chris Burke and all these guys, Blue Ot, they're, they're fabulous instructors. And, and at the end of the day, I could care less who my guys are hitting with on, on right. their own or in the summer. You know, I'd hire every one of them on my staff if they would work for, you know, for a few hundred bucks a year. That, that's what our guys are getting. So I would I would gladly take anybody, but, you know, I'm, I'm very blessed to have what we have. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, that's sounds like it's a great, wonderful staff, and and uh, and I understand why because it seems like, you know, Rick. Honestly, a lot of the coaches in, in the in the association I've been friends with and got to know. You're definitely somebody who's who right away since the first day we we've, we've kind of got together. I've thought you've been awesome, man. So, anyways, moving forward. So, as far as when you first started coaching to now. What are some lessons you could tell us? Maybe see young coaches out there listening, based on when you first started coaching to how you develop now as a as a, as a head coach. Well, the first thing that pops you know pops to mind is patience. As you get older and wiser, you you get a little more patient and a little more understanding. I, I'm really an old school guy, and you know uniforms and the way they wear their hat, all that stuff. And I'm and I'm a paramilitary guy, being a 22 year police veteran. So, oh, yeah. Oh, um, yeah. You know, I, I have pretty high standards that way, but, but I've, I've learned to, I've learned to adjust to some of the music that they want to play and some of the, uh, some <laughs> of the they have. And, and yep. you know, I've got a son that, that was, you know, in that, in that culture too. So, um, the patience for me has been a big part of it. I think I'm a better coach now than I was even three or four years ago because I'm, I'm understanding that. Um, you know, the other thing is, is that, you know, it used to be, uh, the, you know, the other great lesson I think I've really learned in the last probably two years is um, is that, you know, I, I'm a big believer in a player-led team, um, not a player-fed team. And I stole that straight up from from the coach at Texas, that language from the coach at Texas, mm-hmm. um, the football coach at Texas, Tom Herman, who who says that all the time. I've read, read a lot of articles about him. He talks about that. But, um, you know, everything we do is legalized plagiarism. We're stealing something from everybody, whether it be <laughs> right, X yeah. and those things or, mm-hmm. or whether it be, you know, quotes or sayings. And, and I, I'm a big believer in, in these, you know, giving these guys the, the, the guidelines and letting them lead it because I think they, they respect, you know, the process more if you do. Yeah, that's 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 well said as far as the letting the players lead the team. And I know at Oldham County, it's something we've truly tried to instill. And it's still a work in progress. And you know, we're getting there. But, you know, hopefully that once we get past tryouts and we have those first workouts, 
I'm hoping that this is my third year in the program that we can start seeing more of that. And we are in a lot of aspects. And But as far as, so let's dive in that a little bit more, as far as the culture at Trinity, what, what's the kind of culture or maybe the, the, the key phrases or words or things you try to do um, with the Trinity baseball program? Well, first it's, you know, schoolwork. First it's taking care of the classroom. Um, you know, I tell them, there's three things I say almost every single day, and, and one of them is, you know, it's a privilege to play. It's it's it's, it's not a right. Um, you know, it's a merit-based privilege system, so you you, know, you got to earn the right to come out to practice and even voluntary practice. Because if we've got a kid that's that's you know that's failing a couple classes, they don't even get to come to voluntary work. I just tell them I don't want them out there. So, you know, we track grades all year long. So we've got a great assistant, our athletic officer keeps us up to speed on that. So, you know, class work's the first thing. School work, obviously, being the being the number one priority. And and I tell them, you know, faith, and then and then family and school work, and then baseball is kind of our saying. And um, you know, their faith is their faith, whichever denomination they're involved in. We hope they're involved in something. And we, you know, the, 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 the school work's got to be there. Their family, you know, it's got to be equal to the school work, if not more important. And then, and then baseball, but you know, I tell them for the two or three hours a day we're together, baseball's got to be, got to be the focus because we want to leave each day a little better than we came, came. And whether that's individual development, whether that's team development, you know, I'm, I'm a big believer that if you improve as an individual, that the team's going to be better. I don't think yeah. I would disagree with that, and you know, and 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 you know, our, our rules are simple: do the right thing, don't be disrespectful to women, and don't be involved in you know anything illegal. And, and it's not rocket science; it's a matter of us preaching that every day. And the one thing that I, I really stress a lot is, and again, this is stolen from Scotty Davenport, but is you know, don't delay your gratitude. You know, I make sure our guys, as 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 much as I'm capable of, I make sure our guys think our bus drivers when they get on and off the bus each day and thank their parents for, you know, a lot of them have nicer cars than I do, but whether they, you know, whether they have a car, whether they have, you know, a ride from a parent or a grandparent or an aunt or a friend um, or an uncle, you know, they thank those people and just big believer in making sure they're appreciative of, of the opportunities they have in front of them every day. Man, that's well said coach. You know, as I've said a few times on the podcast, you know, we're raising a, more husbands and, and, and fathers than we are professional baseball players. And Absolutely. And, and it's important that we drive that home with the kids. And, and I was telling the, uh, the coach of clinic tonight, I was telling the, the parents that I was like, you know what? Most of these kids in little league, you're coaching are all going to be husbands and fathers. And I think we've had three, maybe four pro players in the history of uh, Oldham County baseball. Um, and so I was like, so remember that, you know, we're I know most parents think they got the next Babe Ruth out there, but, um, unfortunately, unfortunately, it's not the case. Ninety nine point nine seven percent of the time, but well, you, you could you could be more right. I mean, you know, you obviously run your program the right way. It's been a pleasure, you know, competing against you, and it's and it's scary, and, and that's what we want. I mean, that's the other thing is we want to play the very best, and I, I don't understand why some people won't play. Some people, I, I you know, whatever the case is. But at the end of the day, if, if you know we play you guys, and we got you got guys going first or third. That helps us prepare for other teams to do the same thing. That that, that that's something we haven't done well enough, you know, in defensive practices each day. So, and I hope we provide that same learning opportunity for teams we play. That's you know, at the end of the day, execution of, of what you're what you're good at is what helps you win games. And you know, I, I, I respect the heck out of you and your program, and I'm I'm. I'm looking forward to a long, long future playing each other. <laughs> Coach, I I really appreciate those nice, kind words. But I will say that it is my third year, and, you know, we've not won a region game yet. But then again, I, I did miss all last half season. But as I told uh, last year, it was kind of – it was great, and it wasn't great. But last year when I got back, my first day back from the from the desert, 
we had the regional meeting. And of course, it was the, the first year that Oldham County hosted the regional in like 12 years. And to make it even worse, uh, well, good for about some of my listeners out there, but South Oldham and North Oldham play the region championship on our field. <laughs> so, I mean, you talk about, I mean, I'm sitting there in the press box, you know, like go watch the game. And, and I got, I can see Paris look at me smiling. He was like, yeah, we're playing the region championship on your field. And, and uh, you're not even playing, you know, but I was like, yeah, it's all good. And we had a good year. You know, we were top 25 in the state most of the year. And, but it's all good. You know, kids, hey, the, you know, at the end of the day, you're going to win some, you're going to lose some. And, and, well, uh, you look, know, your region's tough. Our region's tough. You know, the region's in our, in our, you know, 45, 50 mile radius, even up to Lexington to Northern Kentucky and all over the state are, are, are some of them are more difficult than others. But, but the reality is that there's, there's more kids in more populated areas and that makes it tougher. You know, one game deal. I mean, I, I, I've said this from the get go. You know, people ask me, look, we've lost in the first round of the region a couple of times and, and, you know, whether you call it an upset or not, I mean, it's, it is what it is when you're playing Matt Mail or Bowder, you're playing North well, Oldham. Yeah. It, Anything can happen in a one game deal. And, and that's, you know, that's the, that's the tough part of, of our regional setup, but it's also the beauty of it because, yeah. you know, you know, you've got to be ready to play. And if you're, you're not, you might still be ready and get beat. I mean, we got, I got beat two years in a row with my nephew pitching for us. who's now pitching at UK and in big time SEC games. So, you know, yeah. and, and those games are one to nothing and two to one. And that's, that's baseball. That's to me as a pitcher, that's beautiful baseball. Of course, I wish we had the two or the one instead of the, <laughs> the one or the none, but you know, that's the nature of it. And, you know, it's good for your kids to experience every regardless it is and so let's just we got about about four minutes left but let's go and talk a little bit about as far as when you're in that third base box and you're coaching you know from the offensive standpoint what are some things or keys you're looking for as far as let the strategy in the game as the game kind of unfolds um just just open your mind up for a for a, a coach of your experience well look you know offensively we want to be aggressive um, uh, we want to be aggressive. We want to look for the best pitch to hit, whatever that, whatever pitch that may be, a fastball or off-speed stuff. We want to look for the best pitch to hit, and we want to, we want to, you know, we want to be offensive. We want to be aggressive. We talk, we talk every day about you know being offensive and not being defensive as an offensive player. It just doesn't make sense. So um, you know, we, we want to get in there and swing the bat. Uh, we want to work pitchers and, and get hitters counts. So you know, we get a lot of real work for that kind of stuff, but. At the end of the day, you know, when I'm in the box, we start a game, you know, I'm still an old school guy. So get them on, get them over, get them in whenever the yeah. opportunity presents itself. But, you know, also would love to have a three run home run or, you know, three or four doubles, um, you know, we'll take either way. But, but again, it starts with the mindset of being offensive. I think that's the most important, uh, you know, approach that, that we, we focus on. That's awesome. I like the offensive quote and being offensive and attacking the zone. And as far as uh, as a pitching guy, what are some things that you all try to focus on from a pitching standpoint during games? You know, Jack Littrow, every every game when we, we put up our our um, our pitching chart for the day or our pitching, you know, either put up a starter, put up the available relievers, right-handed, left-handed relievers, he always puts a little quote on there. And, you know, it might be as simple as, simple as win the day or, you know, pound the zone. It's, it's something simple every day, Yeah, um, you know, they focused, you know, our, our big philosophy with our pitchers, and, and I think this works at all ages. I mean, whether they're eight, nine-year-old kids learning how to pitch or whether they're 15, 16, 17, 18-year-old high school kids, is, you know, is, is we've got to, you know, focus at a high level. And, and that's Jack's quote. He says it every day to our pitchers. But I really believe that's true. If you go out there and you pitch, and, you know, and no one other teams are going to, a lot of times you're going to be like we are, want to be offensive and want to be aggressive. Um, we've got to – you know, we got to out execute them. I mean, execution, execution of pitches, and you can't execute pitches on, on the corners, off speed or fastballs if you're not focusing at high level. So again, for us, it's starting to focus. And if we get a kid that doesn't focus but has really good stuff, 
you know, he's better learn to focus or there's going to be somebody that, that can focus at a higher level with close stuff that's going to find themselves in those, you know, on the mound for more innings. So I love the word focus. Can you, do you all write down top of your lineup or how do y'all do that? Yeah. Almost every day, um, you know, our pitching coach, Jack Littrell has a, a phrase on our, our, we have a lineup card, which has our, our lineup. And then we have a little pitching chart, which has our, our starting pitchers and probable relievers for the day. And so he puts a little quote on that sheet and every day and every game day and, and every game day that, you know, most of those days that that balls work focus and he underlines the work focus a lot of times with two, two underlines. And it's, it's about the mindset of we've got to focus whether we throw, you know, uh, our number one arm, or our number four or five arm as a starter. Um, we've got to out-focus we got to focus the next guy. We got to be better than the hitter in those in those cases where you know from pitch to pitch and, and, and at bat to at bat, um, they stay focused at a higher level. Um, one pitch, one out, one inning at a time. As as cliche as it is, love if, that. If you're focused, if you're focused, you can accomplish that. And I don't care how hard you throw, you can accomplish it. Yes, and, it, and I'm, so for me, I primarily coach the uh, of course base running, base stealing. And our infielders, that's like the area I specialize in. And uh, and so I steal a lot of stuff from Trotsky baseball as far as get your mind right. And he always says uh, we don't take pitches off. We play, you know, 120 pitches a game, each pitch, you know, refocus, you know, and he's a, a big mental guy too as well. And I love Trotsky baseball. So any coaches out there listening and you want to get some great infield instruction, who is also featured on ABCA Calls from Clubhouse, also yep. featured on uh, ABCA Clinics, Trotsky Baseball. This guy spent like 10 years in the Dominican Republic trying to learn why, why Dominicans are such great infielders. And so he's a great resource to follow. I highly advise him out there. Um, and so, Coach, you're, you're kind of in my spider web a little bit, as uh, as we talked before, as uh, Sheets would say, as far as pitching. So during your bullpens, is there anything that you do during your bullpens? Like, like you know, Nate Yeski has his guys run sprint sometimes and then come back and have to control their breathing, throw a strike. Is there anything you all do that's unique with your bullpens? Um, nothing specific, nothing, nothing, nothing like that. Um, we will do um, in our bullpen sessions, uh, you know, again, uh, you know, with a coach standing next to a guy, it's, it's, we work a lot of locations in bullpens and we try to work in and out and up and down. You know, we, you know, we, 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 we work hard on staying down the zone. Like I think everybody does, but, right. but there, we don't, we don't have, you know, really we've had some success with just the, the consistent repetitions. Um, so no, we don't run sprints. We don't do anything that's, you know, not that I think that's a bad idea. Actually, I, I don't, I've never, never thought of that, but um, <laughs> you know, we've had guys in and out and, and we work on, we work, you know, we work hard on location and, and, you know, I'm a big believer in, in, in learning the feel of your pitch. So, with any breaking ball or off beat pitch, we really focus on just the feel of it, and you know, and, and turning it over and making it happen. So, a lot of times we'll make guys throw three or four pitches in a row until right. we get a support. But um, now, locations are our primary focus in bullpen sessions. Yeah, I like that. I, you know, as a physical therapist, I, I can definitely appreciate the trying to get the feel for something, understand a movement pattern, trying to repeat it. And earlier, you talked about Rapsodo and the technology. And that's kind of like a game changer for that as far as to be able to see spin rates. I know that one of my sophomores is pretty high level who would probably be a D1, D1 guy. Um, he uh, went to – did the driveline assessment, and he did the Rapsodo pitching driveline assessment. And they told him that a slider was like top 3% of Division One pitchers right now for as far as spin rate. And so, of course, having that information as a coach is like, wow, that's amazing because if his slider has that much spin to it, and it's that high level, then what pitch we're going to work on getting better, right? As a coach, we're going to work on a slider, Absolutely. of course, you know? So it's like, 
yeah, the information is there. I know a lot of coaches out there are like oh, all this exit velocity or launch angles and, and uh, you know, all this, this technology is kind of changing the game, but you know, I look at it as just a resource, you know, it's something that gives you more information to make a decision, make an educated guess or decision, kind of like the picture I was talking about as far as a slider, like, well, if a slider is that good, then let's work on developing a slider based on what, you know, driveline says. So, well, coach, I, I couldn't agree more with you. I think, I think you said it, you know, and I'll, I'll say this in a few different words, but you know, look, I don't think any of us are fortunate enough to have all that equipment in our, in our own uh, facilities. I know, I know we're surely not, you know, blessed right. to have it. but I, I will say this, I, you know, I, again, I think that's where there's a heavy medium, you know, these programs, if these kids are fortunate enough to be able to afford to do some of that, and we've got a couple that did that driveline assessment and, yeah. and, you know, I've seen some improvements. So, you know, if I was skeptical before, I'm not anymore because as they've come back to us and, and they're throwing their bullpens, you know, and, and I've got, I, there's pros and cons to them. As a coach, you know, I, I'm not a big believer in just trying to throw hard, you know, all the time. And that's part of that program. But it's also, you know, I'm a big believer that if you want to throw hard, you've got to throw hard. So, yeah. you know, if you're, you want to throw hard, you better learn how to throw hard by throwing hard more often. And so, you know, that spin rate stuff, the rep soda, and I know the kid you're talking about. I mean, I've seen them in, in this dynamic and it's, it's fun to watch. And you pull for those guys. And, and I think at the end of the day, you know, you can see some of that with a naked eye, but, but that, that technology verifies it. And I think what I tell people is, is that's a tool to teach and it's a tool to learn what to train on. And, and you said it, you know, it's a little different language, but you said it. It's a tool to learn what else you got to work on and what you've got to do. You're the top 3% of, of, of any, of any type, you know, any college, you know, spin rate or anything else. If you're in that, if you're in that area, you know, you want to continue to, to, build on that but you, boy you sure want to work on everything else so you can really reach that level when it's all said and done well of course yeah yeah so that's um that's definitely changing the game baseball has been a has been a sport that's been slow to change you know based oh, yeah. on you know a great analogy is like the, the tpi so the coaches out there this thing called the tireless performance institute and they assess like hip internal rotation they they take the golf swing yep. and they've been so far advanced and think about it as a baseball player what kind of bat do you always choose? The bat that feels right, right? But yet it's pretty much common knowledge that if you get a golf club set, what do you do? You get your clubs fitted, right? So, so you get your clubs fitted based on your height, based on, you know, your swing. But yet baseball is finally just starting to do that. Like there's now assessments out there you can get where they will tell you, okay, this is the size, size and ounce bat you should swing. And I'm like, wow, baseball is just so slow to change. It's just the, you know, old man, this is how we always done it. You know, you hit a bomb and celebrate and hit your next guy in the chin kind of sport, you know, so, <laughs> but. Yeah, you know, I, I think, I think you're, you know, you're right with, with a club head, you know, in golf, you've got the stiff shaft and the, and the regular shaft and, and, and the truth is in baseball, you've got one piece pass and two piece pass. And now, you know, it's always, always a feel swing in the cage. Now they can tell you which ones are better for you. That's that, that TPI stuff is really Watching that stuff online and reading about it, you know, just the technology involved in it really is incredible. And it's, you know, it's, it's, it's making it a young man's, you know, a young man's uh, a game, which is good. It's good for the, it's good for the sport, even though, you know, some of us older, older cats are not as willing to embrace it off the, <laughs> off the get-go. Well, Once of course. you learn about it, you yeah. have to learn, you have to embrace some of it. I mean, you just have to. I just think it gives you, you know, because there's going to be a lot of coaches out there that, you know, are like, well, it's, you know. We're going to, you know, be short too, long through in our swing, you know, straight to the ball as fast as we can. There's going to be coaches out there that are going to stick to their old school methods, and that's fine. And, and that works to a certain extent. But if you have the data and you have the, the ability to see things slow down or 
or, 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 you know, see how TPI is not coming to the baseball as far as, oh, yeah, your exit velocity, you know, you're swinging a 33-ounce bat right now or 33-inch bat, you know, 33-29, your exit velocity is 85, but, oh, if you drop down to 32, it's now 90 miles an hour, right? So it's like, okay, so do I want to hit the baseball five mile an hour or harder or do I want to have a slower bat, you know? So it's kind of like the information's there, what do you do with it? So that's kind of, I think, where it's going yeah. in baseball. And, I, you know, I think that is so – you're so dead on it. And it's – you know, but it's – I'm just still a big believer that you you can use the best of both worlds. I think you can use the technology to teach oh, and yeah, figure some things out. But the, the naked eye, again, you know, you can – it's like video. I mean, if you don't embrace, embrace video as a hitting or pitching instructor, you're, you're foolish. I mean, you're and, – and, you know, when we started having video on our phones, you know, six or seven or eight or nine years ago, whenever that was – you know, to be able to pull it out of your pocket and do it as opposed to taking a camcorder and do it is a, <laughs> yeah. a lot easier and more guys can do it. And and yet, if you don't, as good as the technology is with that, if you don't know what you're talking about, it's no good. So all this other, you know, newer wave stuff, if if you don't really know what you can use that to teach, right. uh, I, mean, right. it's, you know, I don't think the numbers should tell you everything. I think they should tell you what you what, and not necessarily everything you should do and win, but what you should do and how you should approach it. I, I think that's, I think, I think there's a, some happy, a happy medium there that, you know, I don't think successful coaches will, will utilize. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. There's so much, you know, in today's age, there's so much information out there for all of us coaches to see. You can go to YouTube, like I was talking about earlier, put in Trotsky Baseball. He's got yeah. like 30 videos on infield drills and posture and hand speed. And then you go to, you know, put in Coach McDonald at Louisville and see you'll you'll see one on uh, base running, which is awesome. Where this guy's getting base running reps at first base, and he's like a, a wasted rep at first base is the same thing as a wasted rep in the cage. You know, trying to steal bases as, as Louisville does with base running and Coach Mack and, and another great YouTube video, by the way. But anyways, th- there's just so much information out there and, and education that you can't – there's no way you can do all of it. So you could not have said it better, Coach. you got to try to pick what you think fits for your program and your team, and that's the challenge, and that's the fun part. You know, every year – like my team this year, I'm not going to lie, they're not as fast as my last – Teams in the last couple of years. I know last couple of years we sold 120, 140 bases. As but unfortunately we lost Chris Sang, who's now a freshman at Louisville and and uh, doing good things there. As he was, you know, a six three guy, which is you know not hard to not easy to find <laughs> very often. But um, but anyways, but but still we you know, but we still got to find a way to, to steal bases and uh, based on you know education and training of reading pitchers and things of that nature this year. But but that's the fun part of it, Coach, is just trying to, you know, what your well, strengths this year. It's, it's clear you develop your guys from, from what I've seen in the last couple of years. You, you know, a tremendous player development guy yourself. And you, you're, you're um, you know, Chris Singh aside, you know, you guys are still going to – you're still going to do what you do well. And, and I think that's – you know, I think that's the beauty of the game is, you know, it's that it's that, it's that chess game. And, and, you know, I know that Oldham County is going to be a little different than some other teams. And, and you know, Trinity is going to be a little different than some other teams you yeah, play. Of course. Or you play. Yeah. And at the end of the day, that's the, that's the beauty. And that's the beauty. And especially a regular season game where you're trying to figure out, you know, through the course of, of 30 or 35, 36 games, what you do best. So when it matters most, you can try to apply that. That's that's what all this technology is about. That's what we do every day. So That's right. And, well, and as, I, as I was texting, uh, as coach – a lot of the coaches out there know that pro uh, baseball report does a great job. Chris and his his gang, they had the uh, all preseason all state showcase and and Dylan, what's Dylan's last name, Coach? What is it? Dylan. Well, anyways, Coach had a player who was featured on there on PBR who was just dropping left handed hitters. Committed to Louisville, of course, and he oh, was Dalen Lyle. oh Dalen, oh Dalen, sorry, yeah, Dalen, yeah. So 
I was like, wow, that kid, of course, it's a short video. And they, had, they also had about 40, you know, 30, 40 other kids on there. They were just, you know, hacking right. away. And you're just enamored by like, wow, that's amazing that, that seeing the the uh, ability some of these kids have. And, and it's just awesome the things that, you know, PBR does as far as building the kids up. Because I would never know who that kid is preseason um, in, in, in January, February, if I wouldn't have saw that. So, uh, again. Hey, let, me, let me throw a shout out out there to Chris Fuller. Those guys – they work their tails off. I, I know that, you know, you pay to play their stuff and different things, but PBR is a, you know, has really changed the game for a lot of kids. And I got to know Chris personally a little bit when, mm-hmm. when my son was a, a freshman and sophomore, he got to play with team Kentucky and in the border battle and he got invited to play in some of these events. Um, and, and I got to know Chris personally because I was going to those events as a dad. And, yeah. you know, that was such a different, different experience for me. And it was so much fun and, and seeing how hard Chris was working and promoting those kids, sending those videos out and his, his staff of, I'm sure there's some paid, I'm sure there's some interns and volunteers, but those guys and Jeremy Bione, you know, doing what he does for PBR. They, you know, I know I'm sure you saw the tweets about him throwing 5,000 BP pitches. Those, those I did really see deserve, that. Yeah. They, they deserve a lot. Of, I did a, a lot of thank you for all they, or for all the time they put in. Again, I, I get it. It, it. It's, it's what they do for a living, but it's also a, an incredibly valuable tool and resource for our kids. And, and it's, you know, any kid across the state can go to all those events and, you know, they're there to be commended, in my, my opinion. Man, could not say better, Coach. I actually got to meet Chris. There was a big uh, poll on Twitter last year for the pre- the first game of the season, What uh, you know, what's the best game to go to. And us and St. X got it, fortunately, whatever. Yeah. Yep. And uh, and unfortunately, we ended up losing that game to St. X, which is a lot of people did last year, obviously. But any of it. Yeah, yeah, Coach Porta <laughs> and the stuff he does. And, and so he was there at that game, and I got to meet him. And, he was asking about certain players, but it was great being Chris and what a nice guy. And, and yeah, I mean, yeah. if you're in the business of taking young young men and helping them further their dreams in whatever way, shape possible, you're helping them go from, you know, maybe this kid in, in, in LaRue County or Christian County or Hopkins County or Ashland or wherever across the state. And they get a chance to go to those events and they get the after the event, they get the college coach hit them up and they get a scholarship from that. And I mean, it's worth it just for one kid to do that. I mean, you cannot be more happy and more proud for for something like that to be a part of high school baseball. And I'm I'm at first, I, I remember when I first got the job, I was very defiant for my players. I remember I think Chris was Chris Sang was ranked like the 18th player in his class. I'm like, how can you have this kid ranked 18th? I sent him a long like message on, on Twitter. It's pretty funny actually. Uh, and so, yes, yeah, so I'm actually like, you know, spilling my beans here a little bit, but, 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 uh, anyways, I got to meet Chris. And, uh, after that, we're all good to go after I yelled at him a little bit for making Chris so low on his, on his, on his list. But, uh, <laughs> anyways, I was, I guess, defending my players, you know, that's how it works. But, but anyways, oh, of course. Yeah, of course, you know, but now I'm just like, I take it with, but now that it's my, my third year, I have a much better understanding how the system works. And they have so many kids that they're responsible for. And but yeah, Chris, y'all do a great job, man. Hope you're listening to this podcast. I know you retreated. We retweeted it a few times. And uh, so me and Coach Arnold appreciate all you all do. Um, so that being said, Coach, as far as the association, is there anything you think we can do? I know we started this podcast, but as far as there anything else you think we can do to help grow the game across the state of Kentucky? You know, look, 
I from from the, you know from the early '90s when I was first involved as a coach in high school baseball, and then you know been out of it for 15, 16 years, and now back in it. Um, you know, Bill Miller obviously you know got rest his soul, but you know he he's the godfather of baseball. We've got other coaches around the state that that you know some of what you've done podcasts with, which which you know, those guys have grown the game so much. I, I think I, I really think that, and again, I'm I'm an older guy now, but but I'm still a younger coach, and I and I think. I think our duty is to pay it forward, you know, in, in, in respect to those guys. Um, I think the association, we, we've got to continue to get people involved. We've got to continue to, you know, look at this podcast and the social media things that guys are doing, um, you know, um, that are doing now, you know, that they haven't done in the past. I think those things, we've got to, you know, I'm, I'm still learning how to use Twitter, quite frankly. And, and you know, I'm, I'm <laughs> right. Yeah. I'm just in that generation, but but I'm getting better at it, and I've got people. I surround myself with people that can do everything on it, and whether it be Instagram or Facebook or social media of any sort, um, you know, including Twitter and, and these podcasts. I just think we got to promote it. I think we've got to, you know, we're, we've we've lost a lot of umpires. You know, we're going to lose coaches if we yeah. don't embrace this younger wave of. And look, you're a lot younger than me, coach, but but. You're doing this is a huge plus. I, again, I, I've listened to him, and I don't know if ten coaches do or two hundred do, but uh, you know, it's it's. I'm flattered and humbled that you asked me to be a part of it, and I, I love listening to you know all of them. And I think that we have to embrace this this new wave technology. If we don't, we're going to find ourselves, you know, in in in, in, the, in a hole we don't dig ourselves out of very easily. Well, coach, I appreciate that. As far as the uh, giving the props to the podcast, but you're right. Like, you know, that's what I was trying to build up. I was trying to get the episodes launched before before the uh the association uh, meetings took place and and, uh, and which was great you know and we got to i got to meet with a couple of coaches there that i'm still to connect with ohio county's head baseball coach we're gonna reach out to you and a few other coaches that have reached out to me as far as being on the podcast and want to i'm sure my goal was to get every region every region for the start of the season so i'm gonna make that happen uh maybe not before the tryouts on february but before march uh 18th for sure we'll get we'll make that happen sure. but, <laughs> well, look, 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 you and I are talking you know, at 10, 30, 11 o'clock at night, and that's a credit to your dedication. And, yeah. and you will get it done. I'm, I'm sure of it. And again, if there's anything I can ever do to help, please don't hesitate to reach out. But I, I think that at the end of the day, you know, when you spoke at the – when you stepped on stage and spoke at that, that, that at the conference, and I was expecting that because I heard about, you know, the, 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 uh, the launching of it the night before at the, at the oh, yeah. region reps meeting. Um, but but I think at the end of the day, I had people sitting around me going, "Wow, I didn't know they were going to do that." And, and again, thank you for showing up and doing that. It means a lot. It means a lot to our association, and we've got to keep. We just got to keep plugging away. You know, one day at a time. That's right, one day at a time. I get better every day at GBED, as I had in my hat at Brush University. That's right. Uh, I had that inside of my hat. I actually saw the license plate at Speedway like a month ago. I'm like, man. <laughs> I need to I need to talk to this guy who has GBED on his license plate is my kind of guy because that's what you know as, awesome. as as a struggling NAIA college baseball player that I was <laughs> I, I I did have GBED on the inside of my hat and I'm not gonna lie I did work my butt off and, and for to try to be the starting second baseman at Brush University I, I did work hard I can't say that <laughs> there's a lot to be said for everything everything that's involved in all that stuff that's that's. That's impressive. Well, thanks, Coach. Hey, that being said, I want to thank you for joining us on the podcast today. And it's been great talking to you and sharing some knowledge with one of the top programs in the state. Obviously, as you guys are year in, year out, top 10 in the state, number one in the state a lot of times. And I'm just impressed by everything you represent, Coach Arnold. So I appreciate it. And uh, and, I, and I'll see you on the field soon, man. Okay, the feeling is, is mutual with you and with, with so many guys across the state. I'm, I'm very blessed to be here and thankful for, for all you do. So I appreciate your time as well.